Today is Gaudete Sunday. The epistle for this third Sunday in Advent is taken from St. Paul's letter to the Philippians. Brethren, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Let your moderation be known to all men. The Lord is near. Have no anxiety, but in every prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your petitions be made known to God. May the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Please stand for the gospel. The gospel is taken from the first chapter of the gospel of St. John. At that time, the Jews sent to John from Jerusalem priests and Levites to ask him, Who are you? And he acknowledged and did not deny. And he acknowledged, I am not the Christ. And they asked him, What then? Are you Elias? And he said, I am not. Are you the prophet? And he answered, No. They therefore said to him, Who are you, that we may give an answer to those who sent us? What do you have to say of yourself? He said, I am the voice of one crying in the desert, Make straight the way of the Lord, as said Isaiah the prophet. And they who had been sent were from among the Pharisees. And they asked him and said to him, Why then do you baptize if you are not the Christ, nor Elias, nor the prophet? John said to them in answer, I baptize with water, but in the midst of you there has stood one whom you do not know. He it is who is to come after me, who has been set above me, the strap of whose sandal I am not worthy to loose. These things took place at Bethany, beyond the Jordan, where John was baptizing. Please be seated. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost, amen. Dear Reverend Father, dear faithful, last Sunday I spoke to you about this great figure of St. John the Baptist, the man that God chose to prepare the people of Israel and also all of us for the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. In the three episodes that the liturgy presents to us from St. John the Baptist's life. This Sunday, I wish to speak to you about another figure who will help us get ready for this important feast of Christmas and three episodes from her life that will teach us something, will help guide us. And of course, I'm speaking about Our Lady, the Mother of God. Our Lady was not asked by, our Lord, by, by God to be the precursor. She was not asked to go out and preach and prepare people for the coming of our Lord. Yet at the same time, we know that there was no one who was more ready for the coming of our Lord, more disposed to receive our Lord than Our Lady. It's during this time of the year when we think about her as having our, our Lord in her womb and what she's reflecting upon as she carries our Lord, how she's disposing her heart for that day when our Lord will come forth and she will carry our Lord in her arms for the first time. We all know that Our Lady is, is God's greatest creature, and there is no one closer to God than Our Lady. And if, if our Christmas preparation is, is really about disposing our hearts, getting our hearts ready to draw close to our Lord in Bethlehem, then certainly there's no one better place to help us make this preparation than the mother of our Lord Jesus Christ. So let us see how Our Lady can guide us in three episodes of her life that are presented to us uh, on these days. 
Last Thursday, we had the Feast of Our Lady's Immaculate Conception. This Wednesday, for Ember Wednesday, the Mass for Ember Wednesday, the Gospel tells us about Our Lady's Annunciation, the Annunciation to Our Lady. And then this Friday, Ember Friday, the Gospel is of the Visitation of Our Lady. So, as you know, we celebrated Our Lady's Immaculate Conception on Thursday. The Immaculate Conception is the day of the conception of Our Lady. It was the day of her creation. We know that when she was created, um, something similar to our own creation took place. Whenever a child is conceived, the parents, the mother and the father, they provide the material for the body of their child. However, that is not enough to give life to the child. That is not, not enough to make a new person, a new human being. God himself has to step in. In the conception of every child, he has to create from nothing a soul, a human soul, and infuse that soul into the matter that is provided by the parents. This happened when I was conceived. This happened when you were conceived. This happens when anybody any human being is conceived. God creates from nothing a human soul and puts it into that matter. This happened in the case of Our Lady. God intervened to create from nothing a human soul. But God chose, in the case of Our Lady, to do something unique, to do a few other things that he did not do with us, to give her a very special privilege. And that is, when the matter that was provided by St. Anne and Joachim, and the, the soul, the, that matter, and, and the soul created by God came into contact. Normally when that happens, the, the matter, which is tainted by sin, infects the soul, the human soul, with original sin, and so we are conceived in sin. But in the case of Our Lady, God stepped in and he blocked the original sin. He prevented the original sin from crossing over to the soul of Our Lady. And so, she was conceived without sin. She did not contract that original sin. And then God did something else. At that moment, when he gives to Our Lady, his greatest creature, physical life, just as we receive physical life, he also decided to give her a second life, a higher life at the same time. At the moment of her conception, she not only received physical life, but she received divine life. She received the life of grace. She received the life of God. God poured into her soul a fullness of grace. This is why the angel Gabriel greets her, calling her as if it's her title, full of grace. These are two very great and unique privileges that God decided to give to Our Lady in order to make her his greatest creature, and in order to prepare her for the role of being the mother of God. And what this teaches us in regards to Advent, how, how does this help us prepare for the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ? Well, I think it helps us practice patience with God. We so have need of exercising patience in regards to God during our life. Advent is a time of waiting. You think of the human race after the fall of Adam and Eve, and the human race is in a state of wreckage, in a state of sin. Um, 
unredeemed, fallen. It's, it's the societies that it's forming are, are very dysfunctional. There's no way for human beings to get out of the state. There's, there's no way for us to redeem ourselves. There's no way to pick ourselves up by our own bootstraps. And there's this promise of God that he's going to send a redeemer, that he's going to send someone. He promises us, I'm going to fix this problem. I'm going to send you a redeemer to raise you up from your state of sin, to give you grace. But he didn't tell us when. He didn't say when it was going to happen. And there's this long period of, of waiting, this long period of, of anticipation, so many prophets, thousands of years of, of waiting for the coming of God. The Immaculate Conception is, is like the first glimmer of light on the horizon after a long night. And it is this sign that God has chosen the time. Finally, the time has come. He is going to step in to human history. He's going to intervene. You know how it is in our life. How sometimes we, we're experiencing difficulties. We have troubles in our life. And we're, we're like, wow, this difficulty, I don't know how I'm going to get out of it. This trial, this conflict that I'm experiencing, I don't know how I'm going to move on. I don't, I don't know how my life is, is going to be successful after this point or how I'm going to resolve this particular problem in my life. God willing, as, as Catholics, what we do is, is we fall on our knees and we pray to God. We pray to Our Lady. We, we, we ask them for assistance. Please help me. I can't fix this. I don't know what to do. And we get up from our knees and we go on. And nothing happens. Nothing happens. We're like, okay, well, what's, what's going on? The, the prayer didn't work. I should probably give up. And of course, that's not what it means. What it means is God wants us to be patient. He has heard our prayer, and he's chosen a time. He's chosen a time where he's going to intervene, just as he had chosen a time for him to come on this earth, a specific day, a specific hour for there to be a Christmas day. So too, God always has a specific time where he wants to provide the help that he's promised to give you, He's promised you'll knock and it shall be open to you. Seek and you shall find and so on. And so you pray. The answer is going to come if you persevere in your prayer. But the time and the way is up to God. And we have to be patient. Who would have anticipated that God would have chosen this, this maid um, in the, the village of Nazareth and intervened at that time, at the moment of her conception, to basically create someone worthy to be the mother of the Messiah. No one would have anticipated it. It's God's prerogative to intervene how and when he wants, but he will answer your prayers. You must persevere. Think about the feast day of tomorrow. Tomorrow is the feast day of, of Our Lady of Guadalupe, and we think of the Mexican people, the Aztec people, all these centuries of practicing human sacrifice, and then they're conquered by the Spaniards. And they're, they're kind of lost. It's like they're, they're, they're under the Spaniards. Um, the preaching of the, of the Franciscans is not gathering a whole lot of converts. And we might say, when, when is God going to do something? When is he going to help these people? 
we know what God decided to do. He decided, he chose a day. He chose a specific day, December 12th, 1531. I'm going to send my mother, and she is going to gather these people to herself. She's going to appear in their very garb and unite them to me. It's like a quasi-second redemption of the Mexican people. The second episode of Our Lady's Life that our church presents us at this time is on Ember Wednesday, Wednesday of this week, the, the scene of the Annunciation. And this scene is so beautiful. The story is, is so beautiful. It's only in the, in the Gospel of Luke. And when we can go back to this story, we should go back to this story time and time again. There's so many beautiful lessons there for us. But I want to focus specifically on one thing in, in this story. And this is the point where, where the angel Gabriel gives a fuller explanation to Our Lady. Our, Our Lady wants to know, well, how is this to take place? Because I'm a virgin. I've made a vow of virginity. And the angel Gabriel explains to her, he says, well, what God wants you to be the mother of the Messiah. And how it's going to happen is, is that the Holy Ghost shall overshadow you. You will conceive miraculously by the power of God, not through a man. And it's at that point she understands the designs of God. She understands the plans of God. God wants her to be the mother of the Messiah, and he, herself, he himself is going to make her conceive a child. And it's at this point we, we, can, we can stop, we can pause and say, what, what kind of reaction, what kind of words might we expect to come forth from the mouth of Our Lady? At that point, I think we would all find it very reasonable if, if at that point Our Lady said to the angel Gabriel, well, you know, this is really big. Um, can I think about this for a few days? Can, can I reflect a little bit? Uh, this is going to be a, a game changer for me in my life. Um, or we, we might perhaps expect her to say, can I understand a little bit more about this role and what it, will be, what it will involve. I understand in general what it means to be the mother of the Messiah, but I don't understand particularly all the things that are going to be involved, all the things that I'm going to have to do to be the mother of the Messiahs. We, in a sense, would find that a very reasonable response. But the thing is, if Our Lady had said those things and she had not given the very beautiful response that she gave, it would have implied a lack of trust of God. She would have been saying to God, look, I know you've got your plans. I know you've got everything worked out. But before I say yes, I need to understand better. I need to understand more fully what you want me to do before I can commit to what you want. It would be as it were subjecting God's plan to her own reason. It would have implied a lack of trust. But there was no such lack of trust on the part of Our Lady. All she needed to know was this is what God wanted of her. She would not have to violate her vow of virginity. And she immediately, without hesitation, without waiting, she says, Behold the handmaid of the Lord. Be it done unto me according to thy word. And this trust in the providence of God, in the plan of God, is so necessary for us as we pray prepare for the Feast of Christmas. Um, 
you know how it works in this life sometimes because we're Catholic and because we know the moral law, because we know the things that we're supposed to be doing. And out of the blue, some situation might come up that's very difficult for us. We know that, that I have to follow the will of God, but in this particular case that, that comes out of nowhere, it's going to demand a lot of me. It's going to, to demand a lot of sacrifices. And, and we, we wonder, is it, are things going to work out? If I actually follow through and I do the will of God in this situation, are things going to work out for me? Or is this going to cause my life to crumble? We might think that, that God's going to abandon us or we're following the path that God has laid out for us might cause very many difficulties. And it's a, it's a time when we have to trust. We have to trust that doing the will of God, no matter what the world says, no matter what our reason says, doing the will of God is the way to go. So this time is definitely one where we prepare our soul for whatever God wants of us. And only in that state of soul will we be able to say to our Lord throughout our life, be it done unto me according to thy word. The third episode is the visitation, which, as I said, appears in the gospel of the the Mass for this Friday, Ember Friday, in Advent. And the story of the visitation is kind of comforting for me because I have to confess openly that, that by temperament I, I tend to be in a bit of a hurry a, a lot of times. I like to get things done. Time is very important to me. Um, and the, the story of the visitation is comforting because it says that Our Lady went with haste to the hill country. Our Lady was in a hurry to get to see her cousin Elizabeth. And, and what, what this means for us is that it's not always wrong to be in a hurry. There are situations when it's okay to be in a hurry. Certainly not all the time. Certainly we have to restrain sometimes our desire to get things done and, and to, to do things quickly. But there are some times when it's okay to be in a hurry. What are those times? Those times are when precisely we know what God wants of us. In those situations, there's no need to wait. There's, there's no need to deliberate. We just, we just step, go ahead and, and do it. Right after the, right after she's committed herself to be the mother of God and our, our Lord is now in her womb. She's now conceived our Lord. She gets up immediately, make this long and difficult journey without, without waiting. And she's in a hurry to go see her cousin Elizabeth. Are there perhaps things that we need to take care of spiritually. We might know that God wants us to do before Christmas. Do we need to get to confession before the Feast of Christmas? Let's go to confession. Go to confession. Do we need to reconcile ourselves to somebody who we are not talking to? And we know that this is what God wants us to do. Let us, let us do that. Are there some debts that we need to pay? Is there some spiritual work that we need to accomplish, some resolution that we've taken, we haven't followed through on it yet, we know this is definitely what God wants me to do. We must, must not wait. We must do it. So, my dear faithful, Our Lady is with St. John the Baptist here with us in this season of Advent to accompany us and to show us how to prepare our souls 
to receive our Lord, to guide us to the crib at Bethlehem. We want to be present. In two weeks, Our Lady gives us an example of patience, trust, and a holy haste. So I invite you to try to make it to Mass on these ember days of this week. Certainly help you prepare well for Christmas, help you reflect on the example of Our Lady and seek to imitate her in these very important days. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.